Everybody said in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Today we're dealing with some general, everybody say general, general marriage issues or issues to deal with marriages. We're not getting into uh, some specifics today. We're going to talk about marriage in a general way. And uh, with that in mind, there's a lot of folks that, uh, that probably could speak about uh, marriage in general terms. Uh, and everyone would have their unique story because every marriage is unique. Can I get an amen? Amen. So, but we've been blessed the last few weeks. We've had some wonderful folks that have introduced our topic, or at least our class, and they've done a tremendous job. I tell you, we got some great gifted people here at the Apostolic Church. And uh, today will be no different. And I guess since we're speaking about marriage in a general way, we should introduce our speaker today as a general. So uh, he is married. They're glad something's happening in the upper room. Let's, let's pray that it keeps happening. Amen. Uh, he is married. In fact, they just had their second child. And uh, we're, we're so glad to introduce to you today General Kevin Tipsord, would you give him a warm welcome today? We appreciate Brother Kevin, his faithfulness. And he's married to Miranda, if you don't know. All right, God bless you, Kevin. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Uh, first of all, just want to thank uh, Brother Kyle for having the faith in me to ask me to do this. Um, I get to try out some new things that uh, we learn in our teaching teachers how to teach class, uh, some uh, guidelines to study by. So uh, I immediately get to put this into practice. Um, so to start off, uh, what better place to go than Google, right? Um, so uh, for some internet insight on marriage, uh, just a few uh, wonderful points I'm sure you'll find. Uh, First thing, love is blind, but marriage restores its sight. Amen. Number two, never go to bed angry, they say. Stay up and fight it out. Number three, the most important words for successful marriage is, I'll do the dishes. That's the husband saying that, right? Number four, no woman has ever started an argument with a man while he was dusting, vacuuming, or washing the dishes. Amen. This is some wi Google wisdom. Number five, I asked my wife what she wanted for Christmas. She told me nothing would make her happier than a new car, so I bought her nothing. I pictured Rob Barton laughing at that one when I put that one on there. Number six, a good wife always forgives her husband when she's wrong. I'll let you think about that one for a second. I had to think about that one for a second. Number seven, every time you talk to your wife, every time you talk to your wife, your mind should remember that this conversation will be recorded for training and quality purposes. And number eight, my wife told me our kids were spoiled. I said, no, all kids smell like that. <laughs> Amen. Um, when, he, when Brother Kyle asked me to 
talk in general about marriage, or as a general, I guess I should say now. Uh, at first I was thinking, well, there's a lot of other people that's been married a lot longer than I have, a lot more experience. Um, six and a half years now, uh, happily married. Miranda told me to put the happily in there last night uh, when, when we were proofreading this. Uh, Carson is three. He'll be four in January. Uh, Liam Ross Tipsword is 11 days old today. Amen. And we all had planned on being here today, but uh, Carson got sick last night um, all over the place. So Miranda is at home, uh, and Rhonda is helping her. Um, good mom, huh? Um, so I knew with just six and a half years' experience, I started thinking about all the people here and how many years together of experience uh, that is in just this room alone, and that, you know, there's no way I'm going to bring anything new to the table. So hopefully I can just reiterate some stuff uh, that we have been told in the past. Amen? Uh, so I asked myself, if I had to narrow it down to one thing that would make marriage stand the test of time, what would that be? Uh, and there's all kinds of stuff uh, that started coming to mind. And I know it's not one thing that makes marriage work, right? It's not just, you just do this one thing and it'll all work out. Uh, but just like when we talk about building this building, uh, there's two-by-fours, sheetrock, all kinds of stuff that goes into it. But without the foundation, it's not going to stand up. Uh, so what's the foundation to a successful marriage? Uh, that, that became the main question that I was trying to answer. And of course, patience, kindness, faithfulness, leadership, love, communication. Uh, and again, Miranda added washing the dishes. That's the only thing she said. Um, and that, and that, she was standing in the kitchen when she said it, actually. Uh, cooperation, devotion, gentleness, self-control, all these things came to mind. Um, and according to a uh, Pew Research Center survey, uh, Americans say that 88% of Americans say love is the main reason that they wanted to get married. 81% um, said it was uh, the idea of making a lifelong commitment. 76% said they wanted companionship. And then 28% uh, was fi financial stability was why they wanted to get married. And yes, there was even a poll that said more than half of married people say shared housework is key to successful marriage. I don't know how many times that came up while I was studying on this. Um, I just kept scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, but the majority of all these qualities, they sounded familiar. I've heard them before. Um, and if you go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Uh, there, there's tons of verses that tell me to love my wife um, and tell wives to love their husbands. But one thing that I've found, and this is some experience that I've got just in the six and a half years, that it's a lot easier to love Miranda the way that she needs to be loved when I first fall in love with God. Uh, when my relationship with God is what it should be, it's so much easier to love Miranda. First um, Corinthians 13 verse 4 says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. 
It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That sounds like a relationship that we would all uh, try to attain, right? Um, so I was just to check to see if my love measured up to this verse. Uh, I'm going to read that again and just instead of love, put I uh, and change some of the grammar. Otherwise, it would sound funny. Um, I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. I do not boast. I am not proud. I do not dishonor others. I'm not self-seeking. I'm not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. I do not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. I always protect. I always trust. I always hope, and I always persevere. Amen. That's a good check. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of stuff that is wonderful. And, uh, and if you ever wonder if you're showing love the way that we need to show love, replace you with that in that verse. But this is what love can do in our marriages. The fruit of the Spirit uh, is produced by the Spirit of God when we allow Him to mature us uh, and work through us. This stuff becomes evident in our life. It's just like a healthy tree bears healthy fruit. A dead tree don't, don't bear any fruit. Uh, so we want to make sure we're healthy uh, in our relationship with God so that this fruit can be shown. Because before I can love anybody the way that they need to be loved, I must first fall in love with God. My fingers are dry, so I can't turn these pages. Um, in a book, Boundaries in Marriage, uh, a few quotes out of this uh, book, which I only want to take a few, not too many quotes. Right? Uh, marriage is not meant to be the place where one gets completed as a person. Amen. That's very important. The requirement for oneness in marriage is two complete people. So it's, it's important that we're complete uh, and not just complete when we are, try to find our completeness in our marriage. Um, one last quote out of that book said, A marriage made in heaven is one where a man and a woman become more richly themselves together than the chances are either of them could ever have imagined to become alone. Uh, but marriage does not make us a better person. This is, this is the job of the Spirit of God. Um, I did find one exception uh, in the Bible. I've heard that once Boaz got married, he was no longer ruthless. Thank you. That was. I laughed at that this morning again whenever I read through it. <laughs> we can only love the way we're supposed to love if we are complete in Jesus. If we are a complete person. Colossians 2 uh, verse 6 through 10 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. I mean, it's important to God that we are complete in him. Matthew 22, uh, verse 37 through 40 says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Uh, so he said, first, first you love me, and then you, can, you will love your brother. Uh, and in this case, we're talking about our marriages, our spouse. Uh, but it's important first that we have a relationship with him. 
uh, see, so to answer my question, the one thing that I believe will make marriage stand the test of time is a love for God that includes all my heart, soul, and mind. If I allow God to perfect love in my life, then not only will fear be cast out of my marriage, as 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. But all the attributes of love will be loosed in my marriage if I allow the Spirit of God to work in me. Uh, and this is where Galatians 5.22 can come in. Uh, the characteristics of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are available to every one of us. There are gifts that are ours for the taking if we are willing to work for them. They offer direction on how to keep peace in the midst of troubles, and we know we will have troubles. They help us to find our way in the most difficult circumstances. They'll lift us up in the best of times and sustain us in the bad times. They make what is good in our lives even better, and they lessen the pain and confusion that sometimes comes. Um, just closing... I am no expert in marriage by any means. I, every day I'm learning more. Uh, I know this has not been a profound message, but hopefully has encouraged somebody to put God first in your, in your marriage. Um, allow Him to perfect love in your marriage. And a lot of times that doesn't mean perfecting love in your spouse, uh, but we've got to look at ourselves honestly. Uh, because whenever we start to allow God to change us, a lot of times we realize the, uh, the issue was with us. Amen? Uh, if we build our marriages on a sure foundation, which is Jesus, we can come through every trial as more than conquerors. Amen. Thank you very much. That is all I have for you. Kevin. Wonderful. Wasn't that great? Amen. I like that. Put an eye in the Bible. Somebody say amen. Put yourself in those verses, and uh, man, what a challenge. I'm so proud of uh, Kevin and Miranda. They're great young people. Of course, I think they're young people because I'm an old fella. So uh, uh, he did a tremendous job. And, and Liam, we look forward to Liam being at church for the first time. He was a big old boy. I don't know where he got that, but I guess he got that on both sides of his family. But... Uh, Pray for Carson. We've got a lot of folks that are sick. Stomach flu's going around. So uh, pray that the plague be stayed from your house. Can I get an amen? Amen. So uh, today also, uh, very special, we, some folks kind of introducing our subject. Then we also are going to have a time where we uh, just kind of get some comments from people that are married in a general way today. And... Uh, we have asked a few folks to come and be a part of an interview. Now, this is not, uh, you know, they can talk if they'd like. They can sit there and be real quiet if they like. Uh, but we'd like for them to participate. This is not a, a test or anything like that. But we've got kind of a, a broad spectrum here. We've got a couple that is, is pretty newly wed, a couple that's been married a little longer, and then a couple that's, celebrated many years of marriage. So would you welcome today up to the platform today our panel, which includes Brother and Sister Pate, Brother and Sister Andrew Smith, and Brother and Sister Aaron Tipsword. Would you welcome those three couples as they come today? Come on, let's let them hear how much we appreciate them.
And just so you know, when Kevin spouted that uh, uh, ruthless comment, Boaz was no longer ruthless. I thought of Brother Steve Halterman because he's, if you want to hear some of those quips and quotes, he's got quite a few. So I want to encourage you, if you need a good word of uh, joy, something that will lift you up, go talk to Brother Steve. He'll give you something to think about. Amen? Well, what a crew we have up here. Don't they look sharp? They're going to tell us all how to stay married and, and be married and how marriage works. Now, we just got a few uh, interesting questions we're going to ask. You know, uh, there's a lot of games and things out there. Uh, the newlywed game, they ask questions to couples, how well they know each other. Uh, we'll speak more about that in just a minute. But uh, thinking about our, just giving them a little minute to relax was thinking about our, our uh, session today, and I heard about wife walked into the bathroom, and the guy's standing on the scale. He's sucking his stomach in real big, and he's looking, and she said, oh, sucking your stomach in is not going to help. And he said, oh, yes, it does help me see those numbers. <laughs> Helps a lot. I don't know if we're going to enter into that subject today. Another, you know, interesting, husband and wife, there are times where the silent treatment is kind of going on. Anybody married knows what I'm talking about. The silent treatment. Wife decided on her own. He's, he's not washing the dishes. Uh, you know, I hear a lot about helping with housework. I wonder if we could put yard work in that. Uh, anyway, um, uh, automotive work, roof work. Oh, anyway. Just a thought. Uh, a wife decided, are you guys getting ready for your comments? Okay, Kevin's got, Aaron's got to check with Sherry about something here. So is that all right if I say that? Is that all right if I say it? No, I've t- that's seasonal. That's right, Sister Jean said that stuff's seasonal. Housework is not seasonal. It's every day. Not even every week. It's every day. Can I get a witness? had some kid, mom was having trouble with him taking out the trash. He just happened to come in my office the other week for a little candy. And I said, trash? Yeah, I don't like taking I said, well, you made that trash. No, I didn't. I said, oh, well, what do you do with your candy wrapper? He said, I throw it in the trash. I said, well, that trash is yours then, so take it out. And he kind of looked at me like he'd never thought of that before. But mom was behind him going, yeah. Wife decided she was going to give her husband the silent treatment. She didn't tell him he's being, you know, he. She evidently wasn't a priority like she should be. And she said, I'm just going to give him the silent treatment. So after a few days that was going on, they're riding in the car, and he, he turned to her and he said, Honey, I don't know if you've noticed, we've been getting along a lot better the last few days. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been messaging somebody and typed it all out and sent it and then looked back and there was a phrase or a word that you didn't type that, they, that the typing element corrected for you? We could have lots of stories about that. But uh, husband and wife were sending I messages and it was the voice, you know, hey Siri, text my wife. And so they were, Siri, they had a third party in their conversation and they kept telling Siri what to tell my wife. 
And the guy finally, Siri, tell, tell my wife to get back to work. She's got a husband to support. And Siri uh, spoke to the wife and said, it's time to get back to work. You've got a has-been to support. <laughs> so anyway, uh, hopefully we'll get a little more out of marriage than some of those, uh, the silent treatment and all of that. Let's start with um, some history about your marriage. Uh, and y'all can, either one of you respond, or you can both respond. And I, I would say if the man responds, he's probably going to need to be corrected to some degree. Uh, so both of you, or either one, if you want to choose a speaker in your marriage, uh, share some history of your marriage, where you met, uh, how you became engaged. Was that a interesting story, how the engagement went down? Just how you met and became engaged and all of that. Anybody want to start? Yes, welcome to Sister Pate. Let's start with the elders. Let's start with the elders. They're a little quicker than... He doesn't remember. <laughs> um, How many years has it been, though? Let's talk about memory. 58. Wow, 58. Okay, so, so I understand. Yeah, that's a long time. Uh, we both lived at Mount Vernon. We met. A mutual friend introduced us. And I don't remember either about the engagement. It just, it just was, was no big deal, I think. Really? Yeah. Who was that friend? Do y'all, do y'all, you don't remember that he came riding up on a big white horse? Or I don't the, remember you that. Don't remember that? No, sir. Who was the friend that introduced you to? Do you remember who that was? A guy I was dating. Uh, oh? <laughs> I kind of felt in the spirit I needed to ask who that was. So you guys are taking notes, aren't you? A guy that Sister Pate was dating introduced her to Brother David Pate. Tell us about that, Brother David Pate. She was dating somebody else, and, and you got introduced to her. And Did they break up pretty quickly after that? Yeah? Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> A while. He's Brother Pate's best friend, he said. Is he still your best friend? Yeah. Yes, he is. I haven't seen him like he was the last time he saw him. He was the last time he saw him. Well, that's interesting. All right. Anybody else? Next couple. Um, well, ours is kind of similar to that. So Andy's from Mount Vernon, and we met through a mutual friend, <laughs> um, through Hannah Piercy. Um, right. she, she was my best friend and then moved to Mount Vernon and became friends with him. And so she kind of introduced us and got us together. Um, and then my roommate at the time was Charcy, who was also from Mount Vernon, and she was another one kind of talking him up to me because I took some convincing in the beginning. That would be what I'd probably say about our relationship. Um, but I didn't want to jump into a big deep relationship right then. I had kind of just gotten out of one, and so I didn't really want to dive head deep, but, um, but I did. <laughs> he wore me down. We talked for about a year, um, and we had tried just being friends and stuff, but we couldn't do that, so. And then oh, the, the engagement, the engagement um, was interesting. He really wanted me to um, not suspect anything, so um, I kind of had a little bit of an idea that it was coming because we talked about, you know, getting married and that we were about the timeline and things like that. So I knew it was coming, but obviously I didn't know the time. 
and um, he invited me over to his house, and I showed up. Um, and it was just hanging out at his house and watching home movies, and so I thought for sure it, it wasn't going to be that day, especially because he was wearing a T-shirt. Was it your Transformers T-shirt? Transformers T-shirt. Ne Ninja Turtle T-shirt. That's oh. what it was. And I'm like, okay, it's not going to be today because he wouldn't have dressed like that if it was if he was going to propose. Um, but Ninja so we were. Turtles. But he did, and that was the day. Um, we were digging through a tub of old home videos, and he had planted in there oh. a book that he had um, written, um, like sent in online, and they had kind of illustrated the whole thing, and at, at the end of the book was the ring, and he wow. asked me to marry him. So. Wow, in his turtle t-shirt. His turtle t-shirt. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I've right. been chosen to talk, I guess. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> we met at Jackson College of Matrimony. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I Thanks met her you. for the first time in the, uh, well, it's actually an interesting story because I, I went my first two years, and then I took off uh, two years, and then I crammed three years into basically five or six years, so... Uh, I came back my, for my senior year, and it was also her senior year, and I met her in the line, uh, the tryouts for uh, Corral, I believe it was, cool. and uh, I think I was a couple people behind her, and I heard her talking, and, I, and what got me first was her southern accent. You, you don't, really don't hear it now, but it was very thick back then, and, and I asked her what kind of phone she had, and she said T-Mobile, just like that, but in a more feminine way, you know. But, uh, and I thought, huh, <laughs> I said, you mean T-Mobile? T-Mobile. <laughs> she said, no, T-Mobile. <laughs> but anyway, uh, from there, that was just, you know, just, that's the first time I bumped into her. But uh, over the, that, that year, uh, we, we grew closer and became friends. And, uh, and then it was about, oh, maybe, what, two or three months after school let out? maybe six months, I drove down to see her, and her mom and her, I guess, had concocted this plan to set up a perfect <laughs> environment for me to... Uh, <laughs> He's getting some looks right now. He's getting some looks. But I was so thick-headed. See, we, they planned this, this trip to a, a boardwalk down there just outside of Houston, Kima Boardwalk. <laughs> Look at me like that. <laughs> It wasn't all concocted. They just oh yeah. Oh, just wait for the end. <laughs> we we went down to this boardwalk, just me and her, and we was having a good time, and and I was having a good time. We and uh, we we ended up just going back to her house, hey, you know. And notice the body language. <laughs> And and uh, I, I noticed that she said, "Is there anything that you would like to talk about?" You know, and I was thinking, "No." And so the very next morning, I woke up and I thought, "Oh my word!" I said, "I said, you know," and I, I'd already planned on doing it, but I didn't realize, you know, it, it was going to be so concocted like that. But but so I said, I said the next day, I said, "Let's go back to that boardwalk tonight." Yes, sir. <laughs> I missed it. I missed it. Let's go back. And uh, so, you know, uh, we went to the boardwalk. I, I got down on one knee in the whole nine oh. yards, you know, and they're on the boardwalk in front of everybody. And, and uh, 
asked her to marry me, you know, and, and uh, we got back, and her mom had already had the table spread with, with uh, sparkling cider and all of this fancy stuff in the kitchen, and I thought, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess she had, had planned on that the night before, but I was so, you know, thick-headed. <laughs> yeah, she had a feeling, yes, that's what it was. But uh, whenever she gets mad, that, that southern accent does come out still. So. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. <laughs> you chose me to talk, so. <laughs> Man, I think we ought to hear from Sherry. I so, think we need to get 11 and Sherry a half years later, here we are. And, uh, but I love her. That's right. And she's the best thing that ever happened to me. And, that's right. And... Um, that's all right. You can give her a hand. <laughs> she puts up with me. <laughs> you see him trying to get out of it now? You see how it's going? See how it's going? You're, you're Eleven and a half years of experience right there. <laughs> Sherry, do you have anything to add to that? Do you want to add, add anything to that? Go ahead and speak yeah, up. He's going to be washing dishes later. <laughs> That's right. That's very good. He just missed the moment, didn't he? I did. Okay, 11 and a half years. 11 and a half, 58, and 5? Okay, that was another question. Uh, let's get a little uh, less controversial now. Um, every wedding has some aspect that doesn't go smoothly. Do you remember what was the biggest thing that went wrong at your wedding? Was there anything that happened at the ceremony that looking back you laugh about? Some, maybe, maybe nothing happened. Maybe something pretty funny happened. So just share. Taryn forgot my wedding ring in the back. And so uh, she, Jim had just given her away, and we were standing there, and you and Brother Edwards were talking, and she whispered to me, I don't have your ring. <laughs> and so I said, well, tell your mom. And so it was really funny to watch, like, the wave of progression of, like, the news as it traveled down the, the aisle. And <laughs> Taryn's cousin was on the end and just went sprinting to the back. So unfortunately, uh, I don't remember much about what you said just because I was right. worried about the ring, so I apologize about that. But that was, that was our thing. She forgot my ring. We got it. She got it up there to me. And was it? Yeah, and the marriage license. That was another one. We forgot that as well. So we were supposed to be getting, he was supposed to be getting his pictures taken in like five minutes, it felt like. And he, we realized we did not have the marriage license for the day. And so him and my dad like, drove, like flew to my house, which is where the marriage license was, and he asked, do you know where it is in the house? And I said, yes, it's in an envelope on the couch. And he, so him and my dad were tearing the house apart, trying frantically to find it, um, said, and I even said, is it not in an envelope on the couch? I know I saw it there. Uh -oh. Turned out it wasn't an envelope on the couch. It was in a white, like yeah. instead of a manila envelope, and they were looking for a big manila envelope, so they both just totally and missed it. And it was white, it. and it had big marriage license. Marriage right license on it, but that's not, right. that obviously wasn't that's the one. Not so. obvious. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, we had. We forgot the ring, forgot the marriage license, but um, I was dressed, and he was dressed, and that was all that really mattered. <laughs> you know, going into it, and I thought, okay, truth. we're all ready to go. We're good. Oh, we don't have the ring. That's right. So. We can get the ring and the license later. y'all have anything that happened, Aaron and Sherry? Uh, the uh, part of the ceremony where we were supposed to be standing there gazing into each other's eyes over the candle, the unity candle, uh, I, I I told her, I said, uh, I was in charge of the uh, exiting music, and uh, told her, I said, I forgot to give the guy the CD. 
<laughs> so instead of walking out to vibrant, fast, upbeat music, uh, the guy that was over the music just did the best that he could. It was a totally different version, and it was about it was about a quarter of the time of the beat of the original song. It was just a slower version. So uh, that was our unity moment. So. <laughs> So you walked out to prayer music, basically. Basically, yes. Yes, let's all pray. Well, I remember Bryce and Nicole walked out to dueling banjos. I think that was Bryce's selection for the for the recessional. You remember that, Nicole? Would y'all like to be in the panel or just... Okay. No, Bryce said no, Nicole. Bryce said no, we'd not like to be there. Uh, look back on some of the expectations you had before marriage. Looking back on what you expected... Verses 11, 5, and 58 years down the road. How have those expectations changed? What did you expect before marriage? Did those expectations change at all? Or is it pretty much what you expected? You know, however you feel about that. Nobody wants to wash dishes today, I think. Okay, the expectations. Here would be one thing that might, if, if you're a little slow, well, expectations, maybe you don't even remember what your expectations were, and that's possible. But if your child were getting married and asked what you thought was the most important thing you'd learned about how to have a successful marriage, what would you say? Kind of echo what Kevin said and put God first. Make sure that that person loves God, because that's all in the end that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, letting things go, uh, not holding a grudge, I think is, is a big thing Very that good. I would say. Um, if I was trying to tell somebody, maybe something that I didn't expect that would be that important, but it is. Hey, and maybe that's a good thought. Let's think, you say, what would be the first, what would be the most important thing you've learned Let's go to the second most, because in a church environment, obviously, I think all of us would say God is the, is the most important. Well, and the second thing after that, you'd say, like Taryn said, letting things go. What would come to mind right after that that would, you would tell your child, this is very important to have a successful marriage? Sister Pate, I think you. It's not all about me. Very good. Very I good. always keep that in mind. It's not always about yourself. That's very good. Any other comments? I think communication. Uh, there's a lot of times when you have a lot of problems. Yeah. But if you just sit down and talk about it, you don't really have that problem. It's because you both have an idea, and if you bring those ideas together, it works out. Yeah. It took us a while to understand that. Of course, we had... Uh, you know, financial problems. I didn't have anything before we got married. And uh, we went through some hard times. And we thought we did need stuff. But when we really came down to it and talked about it, we, we could work things out together and we didn't need the stuff that we thought we had to have. That's In so the good. same way with our own desires. Uh, you know, if you want to go someplace or Washing dishes. Right. <laughs> For a long time, I didn't think I was supposed to wash dishes, but I find I'm, I wash them quite a bit anymore. 
but it's because, well, when I, like when, when I retired, my wife said, you know what, I'm a housewife, and you retired, it's not fair. And I said, I'll help you out. So I That's have good. done a lot of housework That's since good. then. That's good. Because we to have to that. work together to do it. Yeah. That's very good. Thank you, Brother Pate. Hey, and that part about, I think you heard him about when you're young, you want stuff. That causes some friction in a relationship. Because financial trouble causes friction, obviously. And money doesn't solve those frictions, really. So you have to come to some agreement there. Anybody else on the, if your child was asking what's important to remember to have a successful marriage outside of God and being faithful to the Lord, anything else? Probably similar to Taryn. At first, I thought everything was a big deal. And then after like 10, you know, five or six years later, it's like, well, maybe it's not so big of a deal. (laughs) You know, just kind of brush it off and just keep going. Yeah. At first, I thought everything was perfect and, right. you know, had to be perfect, had to have everything. Right. You know, now it's like, well, yeah. maybe, maybe we don't. <laughs> That's right. So. We learned that. That's very good. Anybody else? I'll echo what uh, Brother Pate said on the communication. Uh, <clears throat> I've seen a quote that said, raise your words, not your voice. It's the rain oh, that grows the flowers, not the thunder. That's good. And that, that, that stuck with me. That's very good. Say that again. Raise your words, not your voice. It's the rain that grows the flowers, not the thunder. That's very good. Man, we, this has been a good class already. Very good, Aaron. Anybody want to top, try to top Aaron? No, I'm teasing. Okay, here's a good here's a good question, and we move we, we'll move a little bit here. Uh, but I don't want I want you to take your time with your response. We just there's some questions we may leave out, so don't we'll we'll have plenty of time. Uh, but in regards to uh, raising children, uh, you're in different stages of that. But for the the parent, the marriage sitting out here, how parenting affects marriage when you disagree about a parenting issue. And I'll just give you maybe bedtime when they're young, rewards when they get a little older, homework, curfew, the list goes on and on. Obviously with the chapter your child's in, there's a stage of life. When you disagree about a parenting issue, whatever it may be, how do you come, how did you come to a compromise? Is there a compromise or is it just, no, I think it ought to be this and that's just the way it's going to be or were there times where you realize this was very important to your husband or this was very important to your wife, so I better not try to compromise on that. I better make sure. How did you navigate through times where you disagreed about things with the kids? How, have you learned to navigate with that? Some of you is very early in that. Some of you come down the road a little about bit. About the only thing I can say uh, is just the other day we had a, a disagreement on nursing, uh, and it... I had to take a step back and take a look at the picture and see that it was a very... You could, I just had to kind of feel out how Taryn was in terms yeah. of how strongly she felt about that. And so when I realized that, Andy, she really is passionate about this and she really yeah. wants this to be this particular way, and then I need to chill out and let her do that. Good. So being sensitive to how, how important that issue is whatever it may be. That's very good. 
any other additions to things you disagree about with childcare, homework, should they be punished for this or that, how you work through that, how did you come to a place of agreement? Well, in the first place, you don't do it in front of the children. Very good. Uh, Very I good. appreciate my wife. She, we, we have worked that out from the time they were old enough to know what we were doing. Yeah, and I've made some mistakes. She made, she made some mistakes. But before we straightened it out, we waited until we got away from them where we could and then sat down and talked about it. And, of course, we had to apologize to each other when we were wrong, but we would work it out and then explain to the kids why we'd done it. Sure. But the first thing you do is not, if you start changing in front of the kids, they're going to play you. That's so good. So you gotta, yeah. you got to watch what you do. That's very good. So any discussion about, of course, with older kids, of course, when they're infants, they may not be aware of that. But as they get older, doing those discussions in private, coming to a consensus in private before you address, address That's them. right. And it will also give your kids more respect for you. Right. Because when you tell them something, you have to stand by it. I mean, right. you don't tell them one thing, do something else. Let them go ahead with something. That's very you good. Say, I've, I've told you that it's got to be that way. But if you're wrong, and I've been wrong before, and Kay just told me later, you know, not right then, but I'd go back and explain to him why I was wrong, yeah, and then change it, and that makes them respect you for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's very good advice. Very good. Anybody else want to add to that? I feel like we agree most of the time on Alexa. She's pretty good. She doesn't, I mean, not that she never gets in trouble, but if Aaron looks at her, she knows, you know, but I don't know. We, we don't really disagree on, on much on, on that. I've got an inspiration <laughs> of the spirit, though. Now let's change the question. How do you, how do you deal with uh, grandparents? Because they don't have a deal with Alexa. I'm sure, I'm sure it's with Gary and Lisa. The issue is with Gary and Lisa. It's not with the child. Watch it now. How did, hey, how did you, like parenting, it, when you're trying to navigate in a marriage parenting and you got in-laws who say, well, we think, and you may want to take this real carefully because we're not throwing anybody on the bus, but you, we do realize sitting in this environment, and there's married folks out there, that you come from two different worlds. I mean, let's, let's, let's take the tip swords. Aaron was raised probably totally different than Sherry. Not in, I mean, in the church, but their environments could have been completely different the way their parents thought about politics, child raising, and the list goes on and on. So it's, you, you, you bring those two families together when you get married, and they, they culminate in you. And so there can be a lot of friction about, well, we never did it that way, or we, you know, my, I always did it this way. Did you see, was that something you had to navigate through or still navigate through at times privately? You say, well, you know, we're, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. How have you navigated with that? <laughs> we did not have that problem. Good. His folks, my folks, they were hands-off grandparents, more or less, when it came to discipline. And uh, that's the way we wanted it, of course, what, and yeah. appreciated it. Okay, what about your marriage, though? Because this is something I'm going to touch just here in a minute when we close. 
What about your marriage, though? Have you, uh, you get advice from all kind of quarters. You know, well, our, we did it this way, or this is what we think about this, and you and your wife should think about this that way. Uh, uh, is it better for you to try to navigate that? How much input from the outside, uh, where, like Brother Sister Pate said, that we didn't get much because our parents, I think in that generation you guys are talking about, in my generation, I think it was the appropriate action for parents was when you get married, uh, you know, it's like your mother says to you, if you come knock on the door and say, I'm, I'm coming back home, I'm going to slam the door in your face and say, go work out your stuff with your spouse. That was a few generations ago. Now with the hovering parents of this generation, they both sides kind of try to get involved and... Maybe they don't want to say, yeah, pastor, you're right. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting you bring that up. So don't worry about answering that question because that may put you in a difficult place. But uh, the way families are, uh, we are connected. And, and if you have in-laws that are close, uh, of course, my family's a long way away. So any interaction with that. But sometimes families can can try to influence you to do certain things and then the way you're raised has a lot to do with that. Okay, let's, let's go. We're going to go a little quicker here. Uh, a couple of things. What advice would you give to somebody out there? Uh, they say, I am a spender. He is a saver. Or she is a saver. Tell me how we are going to find common ground when it comes to finances. One of us is a spender. One of us is a saver. What would you say to that couple? Nothing. One's a spender, one's a saver. How do we come to a common ground? What would you say to that couple? Well, I've heard that numbers don't lie. And so for me, all the numbers on paper, this is what's going to happen if you spend and this and this and just the whole thing on paper, this is where we're going if we keep going the way you are. That's pretty clear. So on paper, numbers don't lie. That's good. So that's a good way to address it. I would Here's say the saver to develop a budget uh, that would allow a little bit of breathing room for that spender and say, I understand that you need to That's go spend good. money, but this is truly all we have. That's this good. Is, you have to work in those confines to kind of balance that. That's very good. Very good. Show it on paper even. Here's the budget. Here's what, here's what we got left over. Very good. Brother Gene, that little thing about this is my money and that's your money don't work in a marriage. Uh, I may be speaking when I should. No. no. But we had to learn that because, of course, I was a breadwinner. Kay did work for a while. But we just had to put everything in one pot yeah. and pay the bills. And when they're paid, then if we need something, we see if we got the money to do it. Yes. But if we just, if this, I do the work and this is my money, we wouldn't have anything. Yeah. I had to learn that. You know, that's a great point. Uh, in fact, we deal with that pre-marriage counseling. Uh, and, and I wasn't around when you guys got married, so I didn't get the chance to go through that with you guys. 
but people that get married in this church, one area of finances we talk about, you cannot, you can't, once you get married, it can't be his and mine. Property, houses, money, the phones, the list goes on and on. All of a sudden, your life's not your own. There's, some, there's a oneness there, and it needs to also be in finances. That's very good. Okay, let's, let's answer these quick hitters, and then we'll close. If your spouse could choose one thing of yours to get rid of, what would they choose? <laughs> if your spouse could choose one thing to get rid of that was yours, what would they choose? referring to like a trait or to like an object it does, there's in fact if your spouse could choose one thing of yours you choose okay because if we're talking about what's the biggest thing he would get rid of trait or thing okay. doesn't matter talking about traits i would say it's my forgetfulness um, that's one thing when you talk about different families and yeah. um, so i love my family very much but right. i come from a long line of kind of um, great forgetters yeah a little flighty a little bit so um and he comes from very much like structured and organized and on top of things and and just moving all the time and i'm scattered sometimes and so i would say if it was a trait he probably would get rid of my forgetfulness because that causes some friction sometimes okay everybody everybody answers on the quick hitters if your spouse could choose one thing of yours to get rid of what would it be what is it I, I know what yours is. I mean, I don't know how it's so hard to answer it, Brother Pate. I even know that. You get rid of that dog of yours. That's her dog, not mine. Yeah. I'm teasing. One thing your spouse, if she could choose or he could choose to get rid of something, what would it be? Nothing? Probably my computer. Computer? Sherry's thinking drone, but she won't say it. No. I can't think of anything for me. I can think of so, tons of stuff for Aaron. <laughs> I'm gonna get rid of. <laughs> okay, let's turn the question around. If you could choose one thing to get rid of of your spouses, I think that yeah, you speak for yourself. What would you get rid of, Aaron's? That. <laughs> um. Probably this dresser he has. That he's had since he was like 12. He will not get rid of like. I have tried everything. That was Grandpa's dress. Yeah, I know. He know. just hold on to it for I don't know. I can't think of anything. One. Okay, Aaron. What would you get? What would you get? I can stain that dresser to match the rest of the furniture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the. It's not. I can stain it. It's when is it going to get stained? Right. Stained it once. When is it going to matter? About no. fifteen years ago. What would you? What would you choose to? If you could choose one thing to get rid of that was Sherry's, what would it be? The clothes in my dresser. <laughs> okay, okay. Who's okay? Enough, enough. Okay, who's the better cook? Who's the better cook? She is. My wife is. Who's the better cook? I'd say we're pretty close. Okay, what's your spouse's favorite color? Blue. Blue. She just like bright colors. I don't know. Bright colors. What's your spouse's favorite color? You don't know? I, well, that's a hard one. I mean, that's uh, out of all the questions I've asked today, that's probably the toughest. Okay, if a meteor, uh, black and white, black and white. There you go. Is he uh, right? That's what she was thinking. He's right. I'm right. He's right. She likes black and white together. Okay, last question. Gray. Last question that you have to answer. 
There's one more question, but last question you have to answer. A meteor is heading toward your house. You've saved the family, the pets, and all the important photos and papers. You have time to save one more item. Hmm. What would you save? My drone. Your drone. <laughs> See, the previous question kind of connected. My computer. My computer. My forgetfulness. I'd go back and get my forgetfulness. What would you say? One more thing. Everything else that needs to be out is out. What would you say? Can't live without it. Got to go back and get it. Nothing? Pets are already saved. Families are already saved. Pictures are already saved. Papers are already saved. Now, let her burn. Let her burn. I'll take my guns, probably. Guns. Okay, there you go. Anybody else? All right, since you don't know. Hey, this is a good question, and let's uh, think, and we think about it in terms of our marriage. You don't have to answer it. It's a question rhetorical for all of us. Think about this question. How would you spend the last day of your life? How would you spend the last day of your life thinking about marriage and your family? That's a very important question to ask yourself. You don't have to answer it out loud but I'm sure there's some thoughts that start going through your minds. Before we close today, I'll say this. 25 years of pastoring, I've done, I've got almost two file drawers full of uh, marriage inventory, pre-marriage inventory counseling sessions we've gone through with couples in this church or out of this, maybe no longer in this church. There are two things that I think are pretty uh, common in every one of them. The first one is most folks that are fixing to get married don't know each other really. And a bar, some of them have dated for years. Some of them have known each other for just a few months. And without question, when they answer 119 questions, you realize they don't know each other as much as they thought they did. So they're going to get an education pretty quickly. The second thing is, is that uh, is the issue of oneness and we've dealt with it a little bit today, uh, some of the greatest challenges are bringing together two family structures, the way you were raised, the way you thought things, what normal meant to you, bringing that into a relationship with someone else that may have a completely different definition of what normal is, and finding your own path. That's two of the greatest challenges that I've found that are across the board usually with everyone that I've sat down with. So, uh, in answer to those, I think it's very important you realize the oneness God creates when you're married. You're going to be responsible for your marriage, not your mom or your dad or your in-laws. You're going to be responsible for your marriage. You have to forge ahead and come together in a place of unity and start a life together that is pleasing to God. The wife is given to her husband. The husband is told to leave and cleave. So this looks like to me a family unit is begun at that altar that is unique and separate from the family structures it came out, came out of. It would not be fair to my wife to drag my family structure into our family because this is a brand new family. I have left... Hello? 
I have left my family structure and I'm beginning to form one with my wife. And the same would be for a wife here with her husband. Somebody say amen. Amen. And get, uh, as you're dating, getting ready to go into marriage, spend a lot of time getting to know each other because in reality you probably will be surprised in the future. But yet the Lord gives you grace to go through those things you did not know and were ignorant about. Isn't the Lord good? Haven't you enjoyed our panel today? It's been wonderful. Thank you. Let's give them... Aaron, Aaron, has, you have something to add. I feel like you got something on your heart. You don't? He's holding his mic like he's ready to... No, you're not? All right. All right. Thank you, guys.